Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast, Motos and Friends. My name is Arthur Coldwells. I like to think that our podcasts have some real variety of subject matter, and this week is no different. We continue that theme. Arch Motorcycle was founded in 2011 by actor Keanu Reeves and his friend Gard Hollinger. Since then, the company has seen real success. I have been fortunate enough to see these arch machines up close, and indeed, I've ridden them several times too. I can assure you, they aren't just beautiful works of art. They actually go and handle very well too. So, I called up Gard, and he was kind enough to agree to come on the podcast and tell us a little about Arch Motorcycle, how they got started, and perhaps even where he sees the company going. I hope you enjoy this episode. Gard, thank you so much for for joining us, and, uh, you know, I hope we have some fun. So, um, My pleasure. Thank you for asking me. Yeah, well, just to sort of kick it off... Um, you started, um, you know, Arch, Arch Motorcycle, um, is it Motorcycle or Motorcycles? Motorcycle, no S. Arch Motorcycle. Okay. So you and some other guy started, yeah. started off. <laughs> it's, it's usually, it's usually said the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but you and Keanu, uh, started started arch arch motorcycle what is but what was your history before that well like, um, what, what's a potted version of your history before that yeah i don't need you to I, had, story, but... I had been in a in a mental institution <laughs> right um, <laughs> <laughs> um i but shouldn't it... make light of that uh right. i let's see i mean just before that, um, I owned a business called L.A. Chop Rods. Right. L.A. LA County Chop Rods, which is sort of still in existence, but it, it's, um, you know, I, I sell some parts still. And really it was because Keanu didn't want me to, didn't want me to close that business, but it's not really active other than, like I said, I sell some parts that, um, that I did and, and still do. And this, and that and this was really during the uh, during the sort of the real chopper heydays in the sort of early two thousands mid two thousands. Yeah, I mean uh, originally, I mean so I'd owned a number of motorcycle businesses in the early eighties. Then sort of tried to get out of the motorcycle business, tried to get away from motorcycles for a while, and um, just as they say, as they said in the godfather i just got pulled back in um but i had owned a i'd been back in the motorcycle business in the los angeles area starting around 1997 and so i originally i started a shop with um i'd worked for another shop for a short amount of time as sort of a gun for hire fabricator and i left there and started my own a shop called Ziggy Harley, which <laughs> no, is kind of a play. On, I, I had that. I had at the time. I in in the uh, from the late eighties to the early nineties. I had dreadlocks, and some friends gave me the nickname Ziggy 
from Ziggy Marley, and then that was sort of a play on Harley and Ziggy Marley. So anyway, um, so I had that shop that I started with um, with actually somebody who was a customer at the previous shop I had worked at, um, uh, and was a had been an LAPD motor officer for many many years. I think when he retired, he'd been a, a motor officer for thirty two years. He might have been the longest active motor cop in LAPD history I don't know his name is Gary Seidel and um, so that was 97 until maybe 2000 2001 and then we opened an, an Indian dealership which was in which was the Los Angeles Indian dealership across the street from Bartels and and rode that wave I until Indian, that. the Gilroy era took a big poo right. <laughs> um, and then at the same time I had, because I never really wanted to be in the dealership business, just to be in the dealership business. I, I had a, I had a good friend who kind of got me into the whole Harley thing, whose, whose family owned a pretty successful, um, Harley dealership in the Seattle area called downtown Harley Davidson. And Russ was the son of, of the of the owner Carmen and Russ really built the business into uh, quite a thriving business. And one of the things he did was was he he built um, you know some really cool motorcycles that were based on Harley Davidson. So I always liked that idea. And there's even a longer story which I won't bore you with, where I actually passed on the opportunity to have that Harley franchise in the early eighties with another friend before his family took over for, you know, for a song. Um, but that was before Harley had its big, big sort of resurgence with, you know, a lot of celebrities sort of getting behind it. And, um, but anyway, I really admired what Russ did. And um, so the, so having passed on that opportunity when Indian came along, I really sort of, saw it as maybe the only other real viable American brand with the, you know, that history. And um, so somehow I got involved in that. And the idea was that it would, there'd be a dealership, but it would be the basis to build some, you know, as a foundation to build custom motorcycles. And um, so in the, at the end of the, of the Indian thing, I, I had already started uh, LA Chop Rods, which was sort of like custom offshoot of, of the Indian dealership. So then I continued with that after the Indian thing went away um, up until Arch started. Nice. Nice. So so obviously then you, you met and made friends with, uh, with Keanu, as in Keanu Reeves. Um, and clearly the two of you sort of have this mutual interest in motorcycles so what made you think or the the two of you kind of you know maybe we can sort of create something really interesting here what made me think it was keanu but <laughs> i told him it was the worst idea ever and i spent a great so <laughs> so i met keanu when i had chop rods and and somebody brought him to me because he wanted to have a sissy bar built or they came to me and, and said, Hey, Keanu Reeves modified this Harley Davidson and he wants to have a sissy bar interested in building a sissy bar. And I said, not really. 
And, um, <laughs> and, and this person said, well, could I bring him to your shop? And would you, would you meet him? I'm like, sure. So when he came, he asked me again, hey, so here's my motorcycle, my, my 05 Dyna. I, I want to build a sissy bar for it. Are you interested in it? I was like, no, not really. And he said, why? And I said, well, it's, I mean, that's not really exactly what I do. And what I meant by that was I'd sort of um, been down the road, of, you know, build me a sissy bar and I could spend three days building the most amazing sissy bar, lose thousands of dollars doing it and still, you know, the customer would feel like I charged him too much. Right. Um, right. So, you know, I was like, well, that's not really what I do. And he's like, well, what do you do? And I go, well, come in the shop and I'll show you. So he saw some of the motorcycles that I built and that I was building. And he's like, well, okay, can you do something with my motorcycle? I think I've screwed it up. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's where the, get, all right, that's where get it started. Bar, just make me a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, sort of. That's where it started. And then, and then along this about a four, four and a half year journey of building this motorcycle for him, we, that's when we sort of, we got to be friends. And at some point uh, in that journey, he liked what he saw and he was like, wow, maybe we could build some more of these. Like, this is, this is, seems really unique. And I kept saying, how about I just finish this one? And then maybe there's something to talk about. So then when it was done and we'd both ridden it, we sort of agreed that it was, it was a unique motorcycle. And of course he'd ridden a lot of different motorcycles, you know, in, in his motorcycle journey. And, and I had, since I'd been riding since I was eight years old and, and it was a unique riding experience. So, so then I was sort of like, okay, well now, now I'm willing to talk about it, but then I really spent, several weeks meeting with him every other day or something trying really hard to talk him out of it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but and there must have, there must have been there must have been a point where you started to get really excited about it there is no way that you can produce bikes that work and look as good as the arch arch models do without you at some point saying to yourself actually you know i think we got something really good here yeah i mean i definitely so so i at that, that point like a, a light for, bulb, was that like a light bulb moment or or was it just not a really just not a really. feeling that just sort of crept up on you and you're like oh you know actually these are pretty good no so i'd spent you know i mean not, look i've been a motorcycle a passionate motorcycle lover and motorcyclist since i was eight years old and and as i said before i spent some time trying to get away from them and, and i i couldn't make it stick and so <laughs> just didn't <tell>. um <laughs> in my journey i had really what i'd been doing for i guess uh i guess almost ten, you know well over 10 years 20, 20 years by the time that you know we started talking about uh, arch or more than 20 years was uh, build build one-off motorcycles or build components for other people's one-off motorcycles and this is going to sound kind of kind of uh dumb or maybe even stuck up but i was sort of a little bored with it and i had had some experience doing some work for some 
other small production motorcycle companies. And I found it to be very challenging um, by comparison. And, you know, it, it, it seems dumb for, for someone who's, you know, thinking of themselves as an artist to say that, but really the challenge of sort of working within parameters, uh, you know, uh, regulatory parameters or, or even uh, the mandate of this manufacturer um, and still try to maintain the artistic quality of what you're doing, I found to be more challenging than just having a clean sheet of paper and, and just building one and then build another one different and so forth. And so I was already intrigued by the idea, but I knew what a difficult industry it was I knew what all the challenges were. I knew it was a, you know, it's sort of like what this, this saying about going racing, you know, how to make a million dollars racing, start with 10 million. Right. So I knew all the reasons why, why it was a horrible idea from all those standpoints. And I felt the onus to make sure Keanu knew that. And also, you know, to see where his heart was. But I was certainly interested in the idea as an opportunity. And it was really when, you know, after I'd uh, bored him with two weeks of reasons why it was a horrible idea and why we shouldn't do it and how we could fail and blah, blah, blah. It really came down to, um, you know, I, I said, okay, well, all that stuff aside, since I haven't been able to make you go away, what's the one reason we should do this? And he really, he said really simply and eloquently that we're going to die. And I, I understood what he meant was that, you know, that this is an opportunity for us to do something that we're passionate about that maybe means something someday if we're, if we're lucky and we work hard at it. Right. So that really was it. I knew what it was going to take to do it. I also knew that it was sort of the, it was the kiss of death of the idea of me retiring and moving away to central Mexico or something. <laughs> I mean, why Arch? Who came up with Arch? Is, is it an acronym or, or just? No, no. And it's interesting because I've had lots of people point out all kinds of obvious things to me that, that we never saw, you know, we had been playing the name game and we, we, considered and you know made lists of hundreds of names and we really weren't finding any name that we that that we were happy with um you know as an american motorcycle company but we were all we were definitely responding to names that were more exotic that were you know italian inspired or or spanish inspired or or asian inspired but we're an american motorcycle company and so um, we were getting to the point where we had to pick something and we weren't happy with anything. And of course, you know, he wanted to call it the Hollinger and I said, absolutely not. And, <laughs> and, and retorted with, you know, let's call it the Reeves. And he said, absolutely not. And, and so we'd been getting together, having meals and other things, <laughs> um, of the liquid type. Um, once a week until the wee hours of the morning, really. Um, and he came over for another one of these, one of these dinner sessions. And, Drunken chats. All right. 
<laughs> and about an hour into us chatting, he said, you know, there's one other name that, that I've, that I've sort of been thinking about. And I was like, okay, what is it? And I, I'd, I'd always said, for me, part of the name was the, there should be a story, right? The, the name should be, there should be something about the name that tells a story. It shouldn't just be like, you know, just some name we pick. Right. And so he said, Arch, Arch Motorcycle. And I was like, okay, that doesn't suck, but why? And he started to talk about what an arch is and what an arch could mean that, you know, it's as, this, in, as in like a bridge. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So this is sort of, this is a word that's sort of antiquitous, but when you hear it, you don't think of it as being an old word necessarily. And it sort of indicates structure and strength connection. Um, and uh, the connection could be the motorcycle and the customer the motorcycle and the journey, it could be our partnership, you know, it could mean a lot of things. It's also something that, you know, creates a pathway either from point A to point B or underneath it. And then he talked about how inside of an arch, there's this open space. It could be like space for creativity. And so just immediately I was like, that's the name. You know, I recognize it's a nice, has a nice graphic potential four letters nice strong four letter word and so that that was just immediately yeah that's the name and he was like really you sure because <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't so sure that's great i i think it is a great name and i i like it because with a name like arthur coldwells if you've lived your whole life with with a mouthful like that you're attracted to sort of succinct brief you know yeah you know but, you know I, it's <laughs> it's interesting there's an a and a c in it right right and then somebody pointed out to me i don't know in the first well and also in, in the Arthur first page yes which I, somebody only pointed out to the pointed that out to me recently and i'd never thought of that right and somebody pointed out early on that oh i get the name it's because of the shape of the frame and i was like oh no but yeah okay i see that which <laughs> the krgt1 has that but some of the other motorcycles that were that we're right. building don't but but anyway yeah lo there's lots of things like that but literally in the last couple months somebody said to, it was actually a customer said to me it, the R and the H is for Reeves and Hollinger, right? And I was like, oh, no, it's not. But I never noticed that. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, hence my question about acronym. But that's cool. No? That's yeah. a really cool story. And and uh, I I do tend to think of both of you. I mean, obviously not just Keanu because of his profession, but, but you as uh, certainly as the designer. I mean, you guys are artists. I mean, there is a lot of you can't just because you don't just cookie cutter these machines, you actually, you know, design them and there is a lot of art behind them. I can, I can see that. Okay. That makes, that makes sense to me. I like it. That's great. It's kind of you to say, I mean, we get a lot of, I mean, obviously the, the concept of it is that it's also inspired by the customer, right. And the, the relationship and the exchange we have with the customer to, to make that motorcycle, you know, each arch motorcycle, unique to its own customer, even though in a way it is a cookie cutter, right? Because it's a production motorcycle that we've spent a great deal of time engineering and testing and, and you know, trying to, in, 
instill all the qualities that are positive about any production motorcycle, right? That it's not right. an experimental mode of transportation, but something you hopefully can rely on and feel safe on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, I mean, I mean, going back to the beginning, the KR GT, um, GT1, obviously you went the American V-twin route. Was that, was there ever anything else under consideration or, or was it just we have to do V-Twin because we're an American company or? I think it was, um, so obviously I was, uh, I'm a big fan of, you know, all motorcycles and lots of other motorcycle engines that are not American V-Twins, but we were an American motorcycle company. And so I didn't think that, you know, using a Ducati engine or something like that made a lot of sense for us because we really wanted to be this sort of unique idea of a bespoke production motorcycle company. Um, right. So, and the, and the, for, the bike I built for Keanu was sort of like, you know, it, it, the idea that he had was he wanted a, a motorcycle that had, you know, the heart of an American V twin, but maybe not some of the other negative things that you you know that might come along with with what people think of that which is you know they they don't they're not typically designed to be super you know super well handling carving canyons and and you know of course none of that's true today i mean uh, i harley davidson and an indian are doing an amazing job of building motorcycles that are incredible in all kinds of conditions but i think there was sort of a an old perception that floorboards would be dragging and so forth right um well and 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 it and it is and it is true but i mean you guys you guys were really kind of uh actually out ahead of those the the bigger companies um i mean as you know i've i've ridden your motorcycles quite a lot and in yeah. fact um you know, there was uh, one occasion out at uh, out at a track day at Button Willow where Keanu and I were <laughs> dicing it out against each other. <laughs> Gotta tell you, it was a lot of fun, and and we those bikes were not wobbling and handling badly. And I mean, sure, they're they're, they're sort of big, heavy bikes, so they're not you know they're not comparable to a sport bike. But these are bikes that work really exceptionally well. Uh, yeah. They work so out. anyway, I guess oh, yeah, I mean, I... you're to answer your question about the engine is I really I felt like one of the challenges that could become the kiss of death would be trying to develop our own engine right out of it, right out of the gate. Yeah, that's and, a, that, that's a big job. Yeah. And I had a lot of faith in S and S and, you know, had knew them, had known them for you know, quite a number of years and, you know, had relationships there. And so the discussion to have the heart of our power plant be an SNS engine initially was, was kind of a no brainer and they've been great to work with and super supportive. And, you know, they're the, they're sort of the internal combustion part of it, but the rest of the power plant is definitely unique to us and, and, um, you know, part of the whole package. So, and someday we'll have our own engine. Sure. Someday, maybe before, you know, <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I, I would imagine so. So, I mean, I'm sure you probably can't talk too much about that, but I mean... Uh... Yeah, I mean, it's a little ways off in the, in the distance, but we're definitely working on it. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, meanwhile, of course, you know, Euro 5 and all these other sort of crazy emissions things. Have oh, been... yeah, that stuff's fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so you're, you're talking as though you are the sole designer of, of these. I know you obviously must have started out as a sole designer. Do you get any help now? Or, or... Yeah, uh, a lot of help. Um, we, so we have, um, so initially, yes, I, I was, I mean, uh, in terms of, you know, the, the big picture and even the, the minutia, but in the early days, I'd get a lot of, um, you know, sort of, uh, uh, support and and collaborative uh, uh help from you know in the in the real early days of developing the care gt1 it was really just myself and a, a young guy from colorado named ryan boyd who, who we hired and so ryan was was definitely there for for all of it to either make faces that made me rethink something or nod his head and smile that yeah okay that's going in the right direction um, from a from a styling standpoint and then from from an engineering standpoint he was also you know super helpful in more ways um, and then quite a number of years ago we started to be able to have some outside resources certainly for for 3d modeling um, uh, uh, and and as you know as we've been in the business longer we've sort of I, I like to I like to talk about adding things to the arch toolbox you know so learning about new technology new new design software and these kind of things has been super helpful and we've used some outside um, uh, resources for that that have been great and then for the last couple of years we've had uh, uh, other in-house designers so we have two designers here who are graduates from the art center and they're talented youngish guys and so i'm guiding everything still and making decisions but i have a lot more um you know i have a, a lot more creativity in the pool so to speak so you know i can talk about uh you know what it is we want to do and then send them away to razzle dazzle me and then point at things and go oh that's good or right. no, maybe that's not so good you know take this a little bit more and so so that's really nice it, it would be way especially with our ambition and you know several models and future product um in development it's it would be tough for one person to do right right i, I was kind of thinking so how many how many models do you have in the current range so KRGT1 has been in production since 2015. Um, we've been developing two, two new models since, uh, I mean, one of them, the 1S, which is, you know, I think you've actually seen the, the production prototype. Sure. Um, and we had a pre-production prototype that, we, that I've been blogging test miles on um, uh, for a couple of years uh, that's, you know, visually looks the same, but it's quite a bit different technically than the production unit. Um, that was a con, that was an idea that actually probably 
goes back to the beginning of Arch. It's probably the 1S is probably what Guard would have built if Keanu didn't want to carry GT1. Um, okay. And so obviously there's it shares a lot of the same DNA as the Care GT1, but it's a very different motorcycle in other ways. So it's a little more sport oriented, shorter wheelbase, a little bit lighter. Um, so that's, um, we're about to, we're sort of in the final industrialization stages of it and testing these, um, what we call test mules and, um, and about to start production on it. And then we have another motorcycle, which actually was the result of um, doing a design exploration for the for the one S with a with another designer named uh, named Thomas Flore, who um, sort of went further than than what I wanted to do with the one S when we were doing the the 3D ideation of it. I had had a side sketch of it for a number of years, but when we started to turn it into a 3D object, um, and, that's and the, I always, and that's called the method 143. The method 143, yeah, okay. Yeah. And I always wanted, from the beginning, I thought we should have three models and hopefully one of them would be something that would be limited. Keanu didn't really wanna talk about our motorcycles as, as limited production. And you know the reality is, is that because of our capacity, they sort of are limited. But <laughs> we don't we don't call them limited, and we don't say, "Oh, we're only going to make X number of these," except for the method one four three. And so the idea of that was to build what would normally be considered a concept motorcycle, and either never really make its way into production, or something like it might be produced, and it would get you know squirreled away in the archives of the manufacturer or maybe even crushed and destroyed but to actually build a certain number of those and, and offer them for sale and and ideally have it be something that pushes the limits of motorcycle design and use of materials and you know, that kind of stuff have you have you built any method 143s yet so we have a prototype and we're, we're finalizing the engineering and hopefully we'll start to industrialize it at the end of this year. Um, we have quite a number of the production pieces in house already, but we're still finalizing the engineering on chassis and swing armaments and stuff like that. I mean, both the, both the 1S and the Method 143 are, I'm a little bit more of a sport bike guy. I looked at both of those bikes and they are breathtaking to me. They are gorgeous. Thank you. Very <clears throat> and, and, I, and I don't want to take anything away from the KR GT1 because that's, it's not quite my kind of thing, but it, I, I recognize it's a good looking bike. One of the things that has really, really struck me um, is, are the fit, the, the, not so much the fit, but the finish of, of, of the various bikes. You guys have, come up with some crazy stuff and beautiful i mean beautiful matte finishes and and satin finishes and brushed and tumbled and wow i mean is that is that you know is that typical i mean that really seems to be a hallmark is that is that driven by the customer or is that just you put something out and you go hey how do you like this or, yeah i mean it's, it's a little bit of both so in my previous existence with chop rods one of the things that i really made a focus 
was to to try to seek alternate alternative finishes for everything I did. So I seldom used liquid paint and you know I probably anodized things and powder coated things that other people wouldn't have powder coated or thought of as a finish. I had built a motorcycle once that the bodywork was had like a ceramic piston coating on it when they the this ceramic piston coat was even sort of new to be used in the inside of an engine. And I just thought it looked it had a really cool finish. So so I used that. So I think in the beginning it was always try to to come up with lots of different ideas how to finish stuff. I mean the first half dozen motorcycles we built didn't have any liquid paint on it. And since then pretty much all of them do, but but we definitely are I'm a little bit obsessive compulsive. Um, <laughs> So, you know, the fit and finish is a really, a really big thing for us. And, and so a lot of times through the collaborative process that we go through with each customer, an idea will come up because I often give the, these, these new owners homework before we meet the first time to, to do the creative part, which is, you know, find me examples of things that, that you like and you respond to visually and don't don't limit it to vehicles or motorcycles like it could be right. something from nature or it could be um, architecture it could be you know something connected to to humans or whatever but right try to my wife's, try got, to... A pair, my wife's got a pair of red leather shoes that you know that really float my boat <laughs> so... yes <laughs> okay <laughs> All right, I love it. <laughs> it's exactly those kind of things, right? Sure. So okay. I, I get it. So sometimes that you know that spurs ideas. I had a customer who sent me some pictures of uh, meteorites that had been you know like cross sectioned, and I don't know if you if you're familiar with what that looks like, but I thought it had a really cool organic look. And I tried to think, okay, how could well, we, sort of how could we do that? The line almost. Yeah, a little bit. So maybe three or four colors, and okay. definitely sort of striated and and wow. really interesting, non-worldly, non-earthly looking colors and finishes. And I thought, I thought that's really cool. But how do we do it without it seeming cheesy or looking right. like it was a mistake? And then it reminded me of camo. And then I thought, okay, what if we did it in tech camo and we made the colors so close that from 20 feet away, it just looked like it was black. And as you got closer, then you could see, oh, that's tech camo, you know? Wow. Um, so uh, there's always something like that, that, that seems like it has us, you right. know, searching for a new, a right. new finish, which can be a challenge too, because Sure, you know. but that's but that's presumably where you get your artistic jollies. I mean, that is goes way beyond just bike building, and let's you've already got <laughs> yeah. engineering down, and suddenly you're getting to really play around with that stuff. That's got to be that's got to be satisfying as hell, I should think. It is, and sometimes it creates problems for us. That you know, sometimes I, I as things cross my lips, my brain is going, don't say that, don't say that. <laughs> then the Tourette <laughs> kicks in and you go, oh, yeah, I, just, I can't yeah. help it. You know? Yeah, I'm a blurter too. I know what you mean. 
<laughs> yeah, it can get you into trouble. I know. Has anything has anything surprised you over the years? I mean, has anything really come out of left field and you know you've like whoa? I'm surprised I'm still breathing, Arthur. <laughs> I don't know if anything surprises me anymore. I'm talking. I'm talking in terms of motorcycle manufacturing. Yeah, yeah. Sort yeah. of. No, I mean I've learned a lot, right? And I bet. Um, you know, I think I think I. You know, fortunately, I have the right kind of um, mentality to to do this. Like I'm too dumb to know when to quit, <laughs> and I tend to. I tend to try to trick myself. So instead of, um, instead of, and I'm, listen, nobody would ever accuse me of being an optimist, but instead of looking at everything as an obstacle. So like, for example, regulatory things, I try to, I try to treat them like opportunities, right? So instead right. of going, ah, having to put a turn signal, a certain size in a certain place is going to destroy the design. I tend to use it as a challenge to let's see if we can come up with a turn signal that needs to be in that place. That's the right size that actually looks like it belongs on the motorcycle. Not like we just, you know, right. slapped it on there afterwards. Sure. Um, sure. And I think, you know, I've, you have to do that or you just make yourself crazy with disappointment and, and never be happy with anything you did because you'd always feel like the regulation ruined it or whatever. Right. Right. Right, right, right. So, yeah, from from an from an outsider looking in, have, having got to know both you and Keanu a little bit, one of the things that has really struck me that I think might be part of your secret sauce is that neither of you appear to have any ego whatsoever. You're both, <laughs> I mean, you're both you're both ridiculously self-deprecating. So, um, I think that is a pretty healthy attitude to to uh to take on something like this um but i and like you say i think a lot of times and certainly in, in, i can think of draw a few parallels in my own life where you kind of look back and go blimey if i'd have known then you know if i'd have known then what i know now i would never would have started this but you know but actually it's kind of worked out pretty well <laughs> yeah and actually i i i can't really say that because like i said i i knew i certainly i certainly know more now having had the experience and you know having climbed some climbed over some of those hills but i knew enough to know that it was you know it was going to be a challenge and that right. you know again i think if you didn't if you didn't maybe you wouldn't stick with it right so i knew how hard it was going to be and so i was sort yeah. of prepared and up for the challenge right yeah yeah i had i had uh before i came to america i had dinner with a with another brit who uh who had had spent a long a lot of time in america and uh and he said he said well he said let me put it this way he said your chances of getting to america without a green card without a job without any money behind you without knowing anyone he'd say I'd say you're in poker terms. He said, you've nearly got a pair. <laughs> <laughs> and here you are. And yet here I am. And somehow through sheer dumb luck, I've actually <laughs> staggered onto the American soil and I'm still here. 
So I, 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 I stupidity can be very, very <laughs> rewarding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I mean, does just does the sheer success of Arch surprise you? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't really look at it like that. Right. Because uh, I think I think part of it is personality. I think, uh, you know, you have to, to be successful at anything. You have to have a healthy enough ego to have enough confidence to keep going but i think i don't think obviously neither keanu or i are egotistical i think we have a healthy uh. um you know id or whatever you want to call it um so uh yeah yeah, yeah no, I, I i get it i get it so so in t in terms of buyers do, do have you have you had any sort of repeat buyers are there guys yeah. out there that are sort of, you know, collecting them or, or are these guys that just sort of, yeah, I don't, I mean, I, I don't know exactly if they're collecting them, but, but some examples are, we have some customers who maybe are geographically challenged when it comes to year round riding, but they really love riding where they live. So maybe they've bought two to keep one near California. Um, We've had we've had some who have bought multiple, maybe for other, you know, a, a partner or, um, and then also who have bought a couple different models. Um, so we definitely have some customers who have more than one arch. I wouldn't say it's you know a lot of them, but we have some. Yeah, interesting. If you could if you could go back and do anything different, would you do anything? I mean, I'm not asking, have you had a giant glorious fuck up that you really wish you hadn't done? But is there, if you could do I've it. I've had lots of those, Arthur. <laughs> no. um, yeah, I don't know. Again, like, I, so I'm never satisfied with anything, but then I also don't really have a lot of regrets, right? So right. I tend to I tend to focus more on moving forward. Um, I dev because I'm a little bit, you know, obsessive. I, I have to constantly tell myself to draw the line somewhere, you know, like let right. good enough be good enough, or I would never finish anything because I would always see something I want to change. Um, right. Yeah, I can imagine. But, but, but no regrets. I think I just like, I bank that and I go, okay, on the next one. And then during that one, you find all those things you go on the next one, on the next one, you know right right who's who's the most interesting person that you've met i mean other than myself you arthur yeah. <laughs> no, i beat you to it i <laughs> know yeah, just barely huh? other than who's other most... than myself and other than your partner who, who... who's the most interesting wow i don't i i don't know if i could say one i've met tons and i mean tons of interesting people i i feel like i've met interesting people my entire life but Right. Just being involved in this business, I've met, I mean, every one of our customers is, is incredibly interesting. It's, I mean, it, it's interesting to me that we've attracted such a, such a cool, eclectic um, group of owners. And it's part of the, part of the joy of it too, right? Because we really get to know almost all of them. Sure. Um, so I don't know if I could say one, but tons and tons of 
of interesting people, you know, and also, you know, in our industry and, and right. Um, yeah. Right. So how, how, how do your, how do your customers find you? I mean, is it just, um, do you, that's a good you, question. <laughs> I wish I had the all, answer. <laughs> is it all about marketing now or, or, or is this a, a sort of an organic thing? I think it's, I mean, obviously we have to do some degree of marketing, but we're, we're, we're pretty lame at the marketing, you know I mean? I'm, I don't have any personal social media accounts. Keanu doesn't either, even though there's, you know, thousands of, of would be Keanu uh, social media profiles out there. Um, but, but obviously as a company, we understand the value of, of social media. So the company has, has social media and I, I'm pretty, I'm, you know, I'm pretty involved in the, you know, at least the, curating the boundaries of it and the direction of it but i don't i don't actually do it myself um and we have the we've had i mean one of the one of the really nice sides of the double-edged sword um you know with with keanu being the co-founder is that obviously when we want to um to have access to to you know, media that would otherwise be nearly impossible to, to, uh, to, to have interested in us, we, we can get some interest. Sure. You know, the, the other side of that double-edged sword is that oftentimes the focus is less on the motorcycle company and the accomplishments of the motorcycle company as its right. own entity and, and more on Keanu's other profession which you know but it's understandable um totally so yeah i don't you know we haven't really done any any hardcore any other market we don't really do any advertising right but i do feel as though you've managed to develop arch into its own brand yeah yes of course with with keanu's name attached to it it's it it was certainly started off um with you know keanu's um, motorcycle company but I feel that you guys have hung in there you weren't just a, a sort of a flash in the pan and uh, and Arch has built itself a brand I think you both of you guys can be very proud of that yeah so, thank you I yeah I think you know because it comes from a from a pure and honest place and also because you know well, I'm machines. too dumb to know when to quit <laughs> well, yeah, but I think I think the machines speak for themselves, and I think I think a lot of people probably see the bikes or um, and they're like, "Wow, that's pretty cool," and then they find that Keanu's involved, and they're like, "Wow, that's yeah. pretty cool," you know. Um, yeah, but I've had both things, you know. A lot of times, I'll get I'll get you know somebody yelling at me out a window, "Hey, is that that Keanu Reeves motorcycle?" And then other times, people are just like, "What is that?" Right, you know. Yeah. And then oftentimes they'll also say, you know, which is really, you know, t- uh, touching uh, when you do this is to have somebody say, that's the most beautiful motorcycle I've ever seen. I mean, I've also heard people say that they think they just threw up in their mouth when they looked at it. So <laughs> <laughs> beauty is in the eye. <laughs> beauty is in the eye of the beholder. But uh, I, I keep going back to the fact that, that they work so well. I mean, yeah, work really extremely well, and uh, 
So I think you guys, I think you guys have done an awesome job. <laughs> what does the future hold? I mean, it, I, I realize you don't have a crystal ball. I realize that there's a whole, you know, but, uh, but where do you think the future is? of arch? Yeah. Or do you just mean the future? <laughs> well, no, no. <laughs> no, if, you, if you could tell me where the future is going, I'd be really interested in that. No, I mean, the future of art. Yeah. Where's... Yeah. So, I mean, as I touched on before, we, we, so we're, we're doing product development, you know, similar to, I think what the, what the big guys do, um, which is, you know, five years out. Um, and we're, you know, we're about to, to launch the, the one S and then the method one four three, and then the future product development will actually, um, be sort of like second generation. So a new platform that hopefully will be, um, you know, at the heart of will be our own power plant um, with kind of a whole new architecture, but that, that maintains the, the sort of design ethos of the brand. Right. Um, and, you know, I mean, obviously I have a lot of people you know, that asked me about what I think about electric and, and, you know, it's sort of undeniably coming in some ways, but, you know, so we're paying attention, but, you know, we're not exactly, I don't think we, I don't think we're, I don't think we're going to lead the charge, but hopefully we'll learn from what other people are doing and someday maybe we'll do that too. So, you know, we just continue to go and, and, both Keanu and I are, are kind of dreamers, which which kind of keeps it going, right? There's always a lot of ambition for a small motorcycle company. I think what we have a lot of is ambition. That is, that's awesome. Yeah, well, um, hey, you know, congratulations on actually building something. I think you can be very proud. I mean, I, I, Somebody, you know, way back when told me it's real easy. I mean, just about anybody can build a motorcycle. But when you when you start getting into production of multiple motorcycles, it starts to get real complicated very quickly. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so the fact that the two of you have managed to manage to do that and clearly the company is thriving. Your products are absolutely exquisite. Um, so congratulations. I think you guys have done great. Um, thank you very much Arthur. and i can't can't wait to see where it goes me so, too yeah. <laughs> yeah all we're gonna do is live long enough <laughs> exactly that's the challenge now i know yeah all right well listen um thank you very much for speaking to me i really appreciate it um it's been great fun as always i'll look forward to seeing you on the road or on the track in the near thanks future. arthur and thanks for for having me on your on your show.